welcome to the Non-Negotiable Success Show. I'm your host, Nina, a New York City lawyer and former lobbyist who left my career in New York to discover my own definition of success. To me, that looked like time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom. So I started a contract template shop online for entrepreneurs, started earning passive income, and took my life on the road traveling the world. Today, I help online entrepreneurs learn the legal side of business, like how to negotiate contracts, how to network, and how to protect your brand, but I also help busy business owners with tips and tricks I've learned along the way from marketing and sales online, which has earned me four times more in passive income than I've ever earned at a New York City firm. Tune in each week for trainings and talks about living life on your own terms to make your success non-negotiable. Let's get into today's conversation. Hey, and welcome back to the Non-Negotiable Success Show. Today is going to be a little bit of a mini training, but also just a conversational topic. And I was thinking a lot about this, as some of you have known listening to the podcast in other episodes, we've been thinking a lot about the future of the online space, the future of online marketing, content marketing, what to sell, how to sell it. And we've gone through in a few of the episodes and dissected the history, the brief history of online business back to the days circa 2017 where influencers were starting to become like a household name. Then we had the era of uh, quitting your job and starting an online business in 2018, 2019, trying to get people to go travel. That was kind of where I fell into the mix. Then we had the 2020 pandemic era where everybody became a coach, coach of this, coach of that, work remote, blah, blah, blah. 2021. Everybody was like, I want to do something to stand out. I'm going to go back to providing a service aside from just education and coaching. I'm going to be a web designer. I'm going to be a agency owner. I'm going to be more of a consultant role. And then now we have 2022, the era where everyone's lost. And now everyone on TikTok, at least, is trying to become a UGC creator or educator, which is like business coach 2.0. The people that, oh, I just dropped my phone. The people that educate about how to become a UGC creator, those are like the new business coaches of 2018, 2019, where everybody was like, hey, I can teach you how to grow on Instagram or hey, I can teach you how to grow on YouTube. That had a very important role in history. (laughs) I know it's not like we're talking about international affairs or anything, but in terms of sociology, I don't know. I feel like everybody starting to come out and educate people on how to grow on social media, that played an important role in shaping everything else in terms of online business. So they were the first business coaches, right? They were the first people who were 
making a personal brand for themselves on Instagram aside from influencers. They carved out a space for everybody else to come in and learn how to start their own business, but then it got a little bit MLM-y where you know, that you had like business coaches, coaching, business coaches, coaching, business coaches kind of thing. And everybody was just taking the first people's content and just like repurposing us at their, as their own. And that's where we kind of got into the exhaustion phase of business coaching and how to grow online and how to scale your business and this, that, and the other, because everybody was seeing the same information from every source. And some people were taking other people's paid content and publishing it as free content to try to stand out but then when you bought their stuff it's like you don't really know what you're buying others other than the same information or time with that person maybe in a one-on-one call or a group container or something and a lot of people started to get really disheartened buying coaching packages or courses or group coaching programs because they were starting to feel a little bit ripped off. And how do I know? I'm not just making generalizations and assumptions based off of nothing. I know because people come to me, whether they are the coach that is inundated with refund requests or whether they are the client that's like, this person scammed me, Nina, how do I get out of this contract? So that is something that I want to, I'm just having a flashback to an email that I forgot to respond to over the weekend of someone trying to get out of contract. Speaking of, um, but I'm trying to hold my boundaries with not answering emails on weekends. Like there's really no need for me to answer an email related to business on a weekend, but I wish, and maybe there is, I wish I could, um, like set up a reminder on Google for Google to like resend it to me because then what happens is I forward it to myself but I just forward it oh maybe I can forward and schedule send that just seems like a lot of work like Google should just have like an automatic reminder or it should like pause there should be a filter where it pauses certain emails or all of your emails until like Monday or something I don't know anyway maybe I just shouldn't check it at all I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting tired just thinking about all the work I have. But regardless, I have a lot of people coming to me about things they want to get out of. So I hear I hear the word on the street. It's a two-way street and I hear it coming from both sides. And it doesn't matter if it's just business coaches. It could be life coaches or energetic coaches or health coaches or whatever, wellness, manifestation. People are starting to feel like if I'm not getting something tangible, I don't know what I'm paying for because a lot of the stuff you can find for free online. But I also understand where the coaches and the creators are coming from, where they think, okay, but you're paying for someone to compile all the information into a system or a framework for you, filtering out unnecessary information because it's overwhelming You're paying for my opinion, my time, my resources, my expertise, assuming they're actually an expert and not just like, oh, I've been doing this one time, so let me do it for you too. And you're also paying for the opportunity to network with them and the other people in the program. You're paying for the accountability. 
And when you have some skin in the game, you're more invested, right? Those are the the common um, ways to overcome objections that we've heard about over the last three years from this coaching space, how to grow on Instagram, how to sell, blah, blah, blah. But here's the other thing. You have to actually provide something. Like way too many people provide these coaching packages that literally all they get is a phone call with you. And if you average it out, some people are charging thousands of dollars a call for an hour when lawyers at the best lawyers in the country, like the highest rate they have is like $2,000 an hour. And they're sa- they're like actually saving lives kind of in terms of like business lives and financial lives. They're not out there operating on people like doctors, but you know, doctors don't even get paid that much. And I'm not, I can't tell people what to value or how to value yourself or whatnot, but I understand why the podium started swinging back the other way where in 2021, there started to be a lot of distrust late 2021, early 2022, there started to be a lot of distrust in the coaching and online education space because a lot of people got burned by bad actors and it only takes a few bad apples to ruin it for the bunch. It only takes a few bad experiences or one bad experiences for someone to write off all coaches because they're like waste of money, scam, whatever. But I think really the client has to take responsibility. Number one, if they sign a contract, obviously. And number two, they also have to know And this is where the coach takes responsibility too. They have to communicate to the client who has to understand and know that there's a difference between coaching and support versus done for you services, right? So I had this one client who used to charge like 30K for, let's say this six month or whatever, a year coaching package. And I remember helping her negotiate the client negotiate the contract with the client and it ended up being a really frustrating process for both clients like I was the lawyer and there was another lawyer on the other side and you know we don't let it stress us out because for us it's business as usual to negotiate and redline contracts but I could tell that my client was getting stressed out with her potential client and I can tell that the potential client that was going to hire her was getting really stressed out with my client because they weren't seeing eye to eye on the scope of work, right? It's like, I can't negotiate that for you. Like I can help you and guide you, but you have to be the one to say what you're offering and be able to offer it for the price that you're saying. And you also have to be able to communicate that to the client so that there's no weird expectations because what it seemed like from the negotiations without going into too much detail was that there was some sort of a disconnect between my client and her potential client understanding of what a coach does my coach was trying to make it clear that like no we're not providing you with marketing plans like we're not providing you with analytics and this and that like we are providing you with the support and we can go through the analytics that you might collect from your different platforms but we're not like doing projections and this and that and we're not doing work like we're not creating reports for you and being an operations manager in your business and the person who is about to shell out 
$30,000 for the year, to them, that's like someone's full-time salary. You know, if they hire someone right out of undergrad for uh, an entry-level marketing position, that might be 30000 you know? And um, they they might be like, well, what, what, are, you, what are you giving me for 30000 Like, why am I spending over $2,000 a month if you're not giving me anything tangible? Like, they're not seeing the tangibility. And I've also noticed that deal ended up falling through. They couldn't reach an agreement on what services were being provided. There was a disconnect. And I think that the potential client felt a little bit misled, to be honest with you. Um, there also is... A, a little bit of a responsibility, I think, of for coaches, people who are doing one-on-one coaching to offer something tangible in addition to just the monthly calls or whatever, not just notes from the call, but actually like some kind of plan written out or something simply because when I see refund requests, it's always for one-on-one coaching packages, right? Like, Sometimes it's for the person who was the web designer or whatever, but not really. Like most people who are hit with refund requests are in the life and business and like energetic coaching space because a lot of their gift is the communication and holding space for people, which that's like the point of coaching. But if you're working with people who inherently are like, I can't make decisions by myself. I don't really know the right way to go about this. I don't know what I'm doing. I need your help. Like, number one, that's why they're coming to you. Number two, that's why you need a contract because you're inherently dealing with people who like are not capable at this time to make the best decisions for themselves and they're asking for you to help them which is why you need like disclaimers, but you also need an obligation from them to carry out the contract because they tend to be like wishy-washy, I feel like, coaching clients. Um, And then you also need to, because they tend to be wishy-washy, like provide some kind of proof because I've had situations where clients have like worked with people for over a year. They've extended their contracts numerous times. And then the person's coming out of the woodworks and being like, oh, I never like got anything that you promised when really it was clear all along that you're paying for that person's time. You're paying for that person's coaching call. And like, yeah, maybe it happens to be $10,000 for six months or something. But you knew that going into it. You read the contract. You put in your credit card. And like you made that decision. Would I personally make that decision? No, because I would take that $10,000 and invest it in like someone who works for me or like some kind of asset that I could reuse, like a website or photography or copywriting. Like that's just my own like business decision. But if whatever, however you choose to spend your money is like really your choice but it's also your responsibility so I feel like if you are a coach that does one-on-one coaching you really need to protect yourself with not only contracts but also having some kind of like deliverables not just phone calls because people are out there really wild and they're claiming 
that, you know, they didn't get what they thought they were going to get. And I don't want it to be a reflection on the coaching industry as a whole. Because again, there are a few bad actors that ruin it for the whole bunch. But even really good people I know, people that I've worked with, people who have been my clients for years, people who I know their intention and know that they would never scam someone and they would go above and beyond for clients. That's why people have signed up with them more than once. But people just can't grasp still the concept of a coach. And like, yeah, maybe you don't want to just pay thousands of dollars to have someone sit on the phone with you. But then like, then you don't need a coach. You would need something else right like a consultant or a doctor or I don't know whatever the industry is right and so it makes me feel really bad but that's why I challenge people to like hand over something a little bit more tangible aside from just their time which I'm not saying their time is not valuable um and I especially think it's like fucked up when people try to get out of coaching packages halfway through because like it might be a bad deal right? It might be a bad deal. Would I pay $10,000 for six phone calls? No, not unless it was like, if it was with someone like, even if it was someone with like Bethany Frankel, one of my role models, or like, I don't know, who else, who else is like an outstanding business person? I, I still don't think I'd pay it because I'm not just going to pay for like a phone call. That's just me. That's just me. I've done that too many times. Early on my business, it was a good idea, but you didn't have to pay $10,000. You could pay like $250 for a 90-minute call with someone or whatever, $450 depending who, who the person is. Would I personally pay $10,000 for six phone calls? No, I, I think that's a bad deal, but that's why I wouldn't agree to it, sign it, pay it, and obligate myself towards that. But if you thought it was a good deal at the time, you can't just quit halfway through. Unless you're getting scammed, if there's a breach of contract, that's one thing. But in most of these cases, there's not. There's just people being like, oh, well, I don't have money for it anymore. I don't want to spend money on this anymore. It doesn't really work like that, unfortunately. Um, And also, you really have to consider a coach. Their livelihood are these packages. So they rely on you carrying out this contract when they prevent themselves from taking on new opportunities or new clients or joining new ventures or creating new products and that's called opportunity cost and is very real. It's a very real consequence. So all that to say, mixed feelings about the coaching industry. I started out working with influencers and coaches in terms of the contracts that I provide. Um, and I also am very sympathetic to both sides because I've seen people who've been screwed over by people who just say that they're a coach and just are looking for the paycheck but I've also worked with a lot of coaches who mean well and have amazing programs but they deal with people flaking on them and it really impacts their livelihood and their business and their ability to make an income so all of that is to set some context for what I'm about to say which is the return of courses People were getting kind of sick of like, oh, everybody has a course for everything back in like 2020, 2021, everybody had a course for everything, right? I do think though that courses are making a comeback. Why? Because they tend to be low risk. You're not really investing all of your time as a consumer. Like I'm not investing six months of my life into this course, most courses, you know, if they're self-paced. I am 
it's lower ticket than like $10,000 for six calls. It's definitely um, something that I feel like is more tangible than just straight up coaching calls. And it's something that you can get excited about. It's like buying a new book or going into a new semester of school, right? Starting the school year, whatever. It's just kind of hard as the creator. Like I have so many people who've taken CEO skills and I understand wanting to do the calls with people because that's the people who I feel like really appreciate my course. I'm sure that there's people who appreciate my course who did the self-paced version and I occasionally hear from them. I don't like send out feedback forms and testimonials and all that stuff. All of my testimonials have been like organically collected. I have sent out feedback forms to past CEO skills students when it was in the group program, but I didn't send one out this last round actually Um, because it was the first time I did a self-paced version. And I get it. I get having like the group component because then I feel like, oh, it's actually making a difference in their lives because people are telling me like, wow, the course is so great. I haven't gone through everything yet, but I know I'm going to come back to it, blah, 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 because that's the whole point of my course. It's called the encyclopedia. It's called that for a reason. It has a fuck ton of information. It's not meant for you to go through in one weekend. It's meant for you to have on your computer, in your back pocket. Anytime you have a question, it's there for you, right? That's the point of it. But other people, they have shorter courses that you can just binge or go through or whatever. The issue is the comeback of the course is coming. People want that stuff. I, got, I bought a course this week. I was really excited, but I was actually disappointed. The marketing, the sales page was not very thorough. I thought I was buying a course to learn more about human design, but it's just going through like some principles about human design, about how to like decondition things that you've learned it's almost like a shadow work kind of course and I was like I I just wanted to know about like the different gates and the different energy centers and like there's not even a single diagram you know for those of you who know human design you would think or know that a diagram is like helpful there's no like thesaurus like gate 47 is this the person didn't even they couldn't even be bothered to create slides so it's just them fucking talking at you and this is like a huge name in human design by the way they're just sitting there talking for like 30 minutes of video when each video could probably be 10 minutes or less so it's a little bit disappointing i spent 200 dollars on it and i am disappointed i don't feel like it's conducive to me learning because it's just them sitting and talking in front of a camera about human design, which it's like astrology. It's like a chart. You have to learn to use your chart, read a chart, right? She's not teaching you how to read it, but it also wasn't clear on the sales page. So I'm disappointed, two out of 10, but I'm not like going to request a refund. I'm just going to be like, okay, not good investment. But that's why I could tell the course hasn't been updated since also 2020. Because when they did pull up their chart, they showed the date and it was 2020. So you have to, if you're going to sell a course, you have to update it. You have to sell it with integrity. And I think there's a real opportunity because so many people got sick of creating courses. So many people got sick of coaches. They want something tangible. I think if you go out there and you create a course in your industry, you're opening up a new stream of income, obviously. But you're also giving people something tangible to get excited about instead of just working with you one-on-one people don't need to be spending 
I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get hate for this because I did start out working with a lot of coaches. People don't need to be spending $10,000 for just some phone calls. Like they could spend $500 on a course though. And I bet you, you would sell a lot more of those than if you just tried to grow your page through one-on-one calls. You have to update them though. You have to provide tangible information, worksheets, templates, slides. These things are important in my opinion. You have to cater to different learning styles. And the best part is, I think, you can have multiple types of courses. You can have a course. I wouldn't have too many courses. I would have like one signature course or two max, and I'll explain why. You're, you don't want to have, and this is where like everybody was getting exhausted of courses back in 2020 is because like every, every coach was trying to get one client to be their client for a life and to need them and put them in this feedback loop of constantly needing that coach's support. Like, oh, you graduated from this program. Well, don't worry, you're ready for the next level and I have the next level here in this group program and then this thing and then this mastermind and then come to my retreat and I get it. It's their version of a product suite but it started to feel a little bit of a feedback loop where the client is set up to feel like they're failing and feel like they're needing to rely on you, which I disagree with. I'm not going to upsell people who took my course. Sure, maybe you want to book a one-on-one 90-minute call with me, but even that's only like $450 because it's 90 minutes and that's even way cheaper than most of the coaches I know and it's not even actually my my law firm rate is $500 an hour. So it's not even an hour of my time as a lawyer. It's 90 minutes for 450 for business advice, no legal advice though. So maybe that's the upsell that they do, but that's, I don't sell it to them. It's just if people ask me like, Hey, can I book a call with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's get on the phone. Miss you. Let's chat. But I have a course that, again, it's called the Encyclopedia because I dump everything in there. I want everybody to be able to come back to it again and again. I update it. It's there for lifetime access, quote unquote, meaning the lifetime of the program, however long that information can be in a password secure place, right, and be relevant. But I absolutely abhor people who, number one, gatekeep information from clients, and number two, they just want to constantly upsell you into the next course that they have into the next course. So you had all these coaches, all these people, people were following on Instagram or YouTube selling a new course every couple months. It gets exhausting. It gets to feel scammy or cruddy and people, they don't want anything to do with it. And that model no longer works. But if you have one signature course, in addition to other things that you sell and other things that you do and other streams of income, that I think is a strategic business move. I think it's wise. And I think that you can serve your client. So let's say I have my encyclopedia course, which helps my clients, other aspiring coaches, consultants, people who want to create digital products, create passive income. They have that CEO skills encyclopedia. Great. But I could also then have a course for the other lawyers I'm trying to teach on how to come online. That's where I think having two courses makes sense. But having two courses for the same client, that's where it starts to feel like a ripoff. So there you have it. There's my mini training slash like prediction on the future of coaching and online education. I think the word coach 
for some people, if you're a true coach, I'm not a true coach because I am not very good at just holding space and offering verbal support unless it's like legal advice. I'm more good at like creating or I'm better at creating a tangible plan, like a content plan on Notion and delivering them Notion templates that are customized and this and that. So I don't call myself a coach. I'm more of a marketing consultant or strategist when it comes to that. But there are people who are trained to hold space. And for them, I think it's great, right? Um, That this coaching industry is there. Because in the beginning, beginning, beginning of your journey, I do think it's important um, to have someone as a soundboard to help you get off of those or get over those like mindset shifts that you need to make to put yourself online or start a new business or whatnot. But at a certain level in your business, you know, you could just call them mentors, right? But I think for everyone who doesn't identify with the word coach, I would not shy away from still being in the online education niche because people did get burnt out in 2020, 2021. But that's also because everybody was chronically online because of the pandemic, the lockdowns, the quarantines, everybody finally waking up to the fact that you can make money on the internet. All that stuff got a little overwhelming, but now we're seeing a dip and we're going to see the market even out. We're going to see the people who are actually pursuing this industry stay and grow over time. And then we're going to see the people who are just like kind of trying it out or being scammy or whatever, either number one, drop out. The people who maybe think, oh, entrepreneurship's not for me, they're going to go get a job, which is great. I think full-time jobs are actually sometimes enviable because I wish having like a set schedule and someone kind of telling me what to do and benefits and this and that and like an apartment and whatnot. So I think some people are going to go back to working jobs now that employers are starting to wake up to more benefits and like, you know, employee-driven missions and whatnot. And then you're also going to have regulation come in. This industry is going to be regulated. It's been, there's too many friggin' bad apples in this bunch for it to not be. So it's going to be regulated, whether it's through FTC guidelines by the Federal Trade Commission, whether it's by state governments, kind of how like the board of professional, whatever it's called in New York regulates lawyers and licensed estheticians and anyone who has like a license of that kind therapists and whatnot i think it's through the the state department of education has like then under that a board of professions or i forget the name but they're essentially the ones who monitor you know like okay make sure you register if you're a therapist you're licensed We're also regulated by the courts in New York. So that's who I file my attorney registration with. But I'm still pretty sure that like the State Department of Education Board of Professional something has some kind of like ethical hold on us and some kind of like regulations. I don't know. I I forget. It's been a while since I've had a look into any of that. But um yeah, nonetheless, they're going to be like, oh, we got to let we got to we got to monitor these coaches out there. They're being crazy. Right. So online education itself is not going anywhere. It's just going to change. And I think that offering a course is not something that would be the first thing to be regulated or changed like one on one coaching. 
probably going to be regulated before courses ever are because there's also like an inherent assumption of risk if you're buying a course like obviously there's no guarantees with a course because it's just a self-paced like educate it's just like a book a virtual video book right or like a, a youtube channel you're gaining at paid access to right but like coaching one-on-one on phone calls and telling people what to do or how to make decisions that's where things get tricky and will probably be regulated um and that's where a lot of the risk is but i feel like like customers for the most part know what they're buying with a course even like the tinder swindler guy was selling a course we saw at the end of the tinder swindler thing spoiler alert but whatever anyway i digress Courses aren't going anywhere. You just got to be intentional with it. Be smart about it. Don't shy away from creating a course. Just also don't put too much pressure on yourself. Like create one signature course when it makes sense. Slowly over time, as you build up the materials needed to be able to sell it with integrity and be able to update it and keep it, you know, keep it, trim the fat, keep it just lean and powerful and impactful and I think it would be great and courses some people sell courses for like two thousand dollars but I think you know if it's something self-paced maybe not that much it really depends on the information you could still you know make a, a decent chunk of change so that's my two cents take it or leave it I've just been in this space before everybody and their mother started calling themselves a coach. People got real creative with the coach names. I'm a confidence coach for people who wake up before 4 p.m. but after 1 p.m. and feel like they wasted their day. I'm a confidence coach for people about to maybe apply for law school. I'm a wellness coach for moms in Utah who have had more than five kids. And some of them were C-sections, but some of them weren't. I'm a coach for people who want to learn how to become a coach. Just kidding. That's like a real one. Um... I'm a coach for people who look in their closet and feel like they never have anything to wear. I'm a fashion stylist coach. Minimalist, though. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to end this one here. Hope you guys found this entertaining and educational, informational. Please don't forget to leave a review on the podcast if you haven't already. It just helps me reach new people, get the word out and build this community even bigger. Um, I try to keep it ad-free. If I do bring on any ads, it would just be like more informational ads about like things I'm offering. So today's podcast is sponsored by me just asking you to leave a review. It's free. It's free. Just tap tap whatever, whatever you want to give it. Maybe you're like really offended because you're a coach for people who wake up after 1 p.m. but before 4 p.m. and feel like they wasted their day which by the way like that's sometimes my life like maybe not 1 p.m. but I've definitely like spent a couple of times 
it if I like am in a room that doesn't have a lot of natural lighting like this apartment here sometimes I'll wake up a little bit at seven and then like fall back asleep and it'll be like 10 30 and I'm like fuck like that is so not me but sometimes I fall into that for like a couple of weeks and it feels really sad so I get it maybe maybe that's a valuable niche to go into because it does feel like you wasted your day sometimes but all right please leave a review if you haven't already and I'll see you in the next episode